Welcome to Case by Case. This is Luke Zadkovich and Callum Chain from Xyla Floyd Zadkovich coming to you about uh, the Wagatha Christie case. Hot off the press, only uh, handed down a few days ago on the 29th of July. I am super excited to get into this one, Callum. How are you feeling? I couldn't be more excited. This is about the most fun you can have with 70 pages of English High Court judge decision. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I Look, I, I read it. I, I, read, I read the the whole thing, got through it in the end. It was gripping. It, you know, it's, it's a better read than an Agatha Christie detective book in some ways, particularly as, as lawyers, hey? There is so... There, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I, I started reading it, I thought, 75 pages, crikey, that's a long judgment. And you just rip through it because every single new page has some fascinating revelation about these people who are involved or about how the the whole world of these kind of gossip uh, magazines and uh, newspapers works. And so there's some interesting law in there too. And I've actually had a little bit of time after reading it to reflect on the judgment. And there are some strange questions that come out of this. I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say on it um, and reflections. I I haven't had time to reflect. I've literally just finished reading it, so I'm going to be shitting from the hip here. Um, but before you know, you get into it, Callum. I can tell it's going to be hard to hold you back on this one. Why, why don't I just give the the case what we're talking about for those that don't know by the by the uh, introduction? Wagatha Christie is the recent. High Court decision in England. It's a media and communications list case issued by um, the Honourable Mrs. Justice Stein, DBE, and the claimant is Rebecca Vardy, and the defendant is Colleen Rooney. Handed down on the 29th of July, citation number 2022 EWHC 2017 Queen's Bench QB. I give all that detail because I strongly suggest anyone that is interested in this whole world go and read the judgment you you won't put it down you really will not put it down um and we're going to get into it today and talk about you know our observations on it but if this piques your interest you know even in even in a, in a way you might not want to confess publicly go and read go and read the actual judgment it's well worth it couldn't agree more. The, there's been a lot of press about this judgment, but there is nothing quite like the real thing. And when you go and read it, it's just jaw-dropping. All it, the different stories that come out, it's just fantastic. It is. It's jaw-dropping. It's jaw-dropping how the judge has dealt with the evidence. It's jaw-dropping that this case has even been run. It's jaw-dropping in the way that it was run and how evidence has been has come out. And, and you know, the point that I can't get over is, so it's one thing to start the case, but they didn't settle it. I know. Point. I know. That's what I can't get my head around. How did, the, how did this one go all the way to such a damaging hearing? I, it's, it, 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 it like has blowback on everyone involved on the claimant side. You know, no one comes out of this looking good and some of the comments well, in typical kind of judge fashion, but are scathing. <laughs> Completely scathing. I mean, I guess we should start by, for those for those people who have, who do not follow the gossip magazines as closely as you and I do, Luke. <laughs> the the background. 
Well, we should, this, but all, also, you know, uh, the 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 name Wagatha Christie, for those that don't know, is a play on obviously Agatha Christie, the the detective novelist, and Wag W A G standing for wives and girlfriends of the English football team. And this is a almighty dust up between two wives of former England footballers, none other than the wife of Wayne Rooney, captain at the time of England, Colleen Rooney is the defendant and, uh, Rebecca Vardy, the wife of Jamie Vardy, another striker. Probably fair to say more of a periphery player in the England national team than some of the others, but that's not, let's not get into the football. We've got more than enough other things to talk about. Um, more than enough to chew on. Yeah. And, and what happens is, is that Colleen Rooney realizes that a lot of her, a lot of the stories that she puts on her private Instagram are being leaked to the press and in particular the sun. And she, she decides to take matters into her own hands, having said, you know, having, having publicly and privately told people, please stop leaking these stories to the press. She, she, she has a suspicion early on, and this is borne out in the evidence that it is Rebecca Vardy who is leaking these stories. So what she does is she basically mutes her account for everybody apart from Rebecca Vardy and starts this process of inventing stories that she thinks would be interesting for the son. One of them is talking about going to Mexico to see if she can do some kind of gen gender selection of her children so that her next child will be, will be a girl. <laughs> Another one is about her house flooding. Just these, these fantastic stories that she's coming up with. And she does this over a long period of a number of months. And slowly these stories come out in the press. And the only person that's seen them is uh, Rebecca Vardy, or the only account that's looked at them is Rebecca Vardy. And then one day there's just this big reveal where she says, I, you know, I've, I've, I've found out the person who's been leaking the stories to the press and it is dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy. Yeah, I was going to read and, out the whole reveal post. It's classic, but I, I won't, cause if I read, if I start reading out too much of this judgment, we'll be here for a couple of hours. It'll, it'll but be it's, a 75 page read along. It's class. I, I love how, I actually love the way that the judgment is structured in that it sets up out this reveal post, much like a novel, right? At the outset of it to kind of create the, the drama of it, it, you know, it's the reveal of Rebecca Vardy's account. And now we're going to go on to explore how and why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and to give some scale for this post, so the first question is, is this post defamatory? Mm. And, and they, what they do is they. They, they look at what the single natural and ordinary meaning of the reveal post is. And that was determined at a, at a previous hearing, but they, you know, there's, they, they gave a, a, a concise definition of what that post actually meant to the, to the ordinary person reading it and whether that was defamatory. And yeah. they ticked that box pretty early without any difficulty at the hearing that yeah. it wasn't contested at the hearing. Yeah. So, so, so basically they. They, they condense the reveal post and what was said about Rebecca Vardy's account, in fact, Re Re Rebecca Vardy, um, herself into a concise defamatory statement. And the question then is, 
you know, were there defences to that defamatory? I, I think it's worth reading out what the single meaning was, and, and this is it. Over a period of years, Miss Fardy had regularly and frequently abused her status as a trusted follower of Miss Rooney's personal Instagram account by secretly informing the Sun newspaper of Miss Rooney's private posts and stories thereby making public without Miss Rooney's permission, a great deal of information about Miss Rooney, her friends and family, which she did not want made public. So, so those are like, if you like the words or, or the, the statement, single meaning of the statement that is stripped out of the re reveal post that um, Miss Rooney said about, about Rebecca Vardy. And then, yeah. the, then and, the, que and the question is, and what this whole decision focuses on because this in on Rooney's defenses to, to the, the claim in libel against her by Rebecca Vardy. And, and like, th this is the first thing to emphasize is that this whole thing is being brought by Miss Vardy against Miss Rooney. So Miss Rooney makes this statement, you know, the reveal about who, who's been leaking to the press and Vardy makes the decision, well, I'm going to go after her for defamation. And then Rudy's on the receiving end of this claim and runs defenses to it on the basis that uh, she was speaking the truth. And we will talk about the exact legal test for that. Basically it wasn't defamatory because she was speaking the truth. It was in fact, uh, Rebecca Vardy who had been leaking this information to the press. And secondly, a second offense of public interest that what she said was in the public interest and that that is a, is a defense. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so you have, you have this statement, which the both, both parties agree is going to have a substantially adverse effect on the treatment of Rebecca Vardy and by which she's going to suffer serious reputational harm. And to also give a sense of the scale of that re reputational harm, the, the post, the, um, the reveal post had over 30 million impressions. So over 30 million people saw that post in its various guises being shared from different people across the internet. So, you know, that's, that's beyond even our most popular episode of case by case. I was going to say, serious. we were pretty <laughs> happy to get what, three and a half thousand with Joe Gosden the other exactly. day. So, um, yeah, it, it leaves us a little bit million. in the shadow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just crazy how many people saw this thing. Yeah. And, but then notwithstanding the fact that, that it meets these tests for being, for having a substantially effect, adverse effect and, and, you know, Rebecca Vardy suffering serious reputational harm. So the statement itself is defamatory. You can still say something defamatory if it's true. Mm. And I like that defense a lot because it reminds me of when you're a child and you say some, something which is kind of serially offensive without realizing about somebody and your parents give you in trouble and your response makes it worse by, by saying, but mommy, it's true. And that's basically the truth defense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like that analogy. That's a good one. But then, but then it goes on, it goes on from there to, to talk about, you know, the case, the case in outline. And this is where it just, it just starts to suck you in, right? You just can't, you can't help but want to read more about this because the, the, the articles, if you like, um, or the names of the articles that were ultimately published by, by the sun are variously called the, the marriage article, the pajamas article, the car crash article, the gender selection articles, the difficult year article, the Soho house article, the flooded basement articles, the babysitter inquiry, and, and all of these, you know, these leaks or the articles that come out in the press stem from or alleged to stem from 
leaks from from Rooney's account, uh, a private exactly. Instagram account. And, you know, I'm just like, yeah, and then you read the actual headlines of these articles and they're just classic. <laughs> they're, they're, I get, they're just amazing. There's, there's, there's no words that can do justice to quite just the, the amount of free time that people have to right. be able to dream up these stories and then create their own detective world where they find out the person who's leaking stories about them. But what struck me the most, and maybe kind of jumping ahead to the end here, mm -hmm. is that the impression I get from this, and this, this is something that goes to, I guess, the way that it, it was defended by Rebecca Vardy, or sorry, the way it was brought by Rebecca Vardy, and the fact that it was never settled by Rebecca, by Rebecca Vardy. It suggests to me that all the way through, she she just thinks this is part of the game. This is what it is yeah. to be to be the wife of a football player. Yeah, you know, it's like it, it reminds me of a few good men where you know that he's trying to he's trying to get the major to admit that he's done this thing, and at the end of the day, the the, the I don't know if it's a major, or whatever the guy's rank is. You know, he mm. has that. You're you're a goddamn right. I owed one of the code red. Rebecca Vardy is almost like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the game. That's what we do. That's how we, you know, of course she wants to be in the sun and some people leak some stories. I leaked other stories, but I'm not doing anything wrong there. That's just how it works. And so you can't drag my name through the press like this when you're playing the same game as me. That seems to be like the thing that's bothered her so much that she's run this case all the way to a, to a conclusion because she just doesn't feel like she's done anything wrong. She's, she can't have felt like she's done anything wrong. Otherwise this would just never have gone to, to trial. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I think you've summed it up really well. It, it's the industry, right? And when you think about it, it, these types of articles that get get written about each other uh, or about these the wags, the footballers and what have you, a lot of them have got to come from inside sources because it, it's, it's, in, it's, it's either an inside source or it's hacking. And, well, you know, let's not get into whether some of these newspapers hack or not. I, I, w I wouldn't want to be uh, seen or heard to be saying anything defamatory myself, but let's put that to one side. Most of these articles have to be coming from inside info. They have but, to be. And I think, I think that's what, so just to put a bit of color on this, as they go through the evidence and they go through all these articles that are put out, not all of them are part of this detective game that Colleen Rooney's playing. Some of them mm. are very specifically narrow only to Rebecca Vardy, but others are sent just stories that are picked up from her normal private Instagram on which she has around 400 followers. And I, I really do not think having read through this, that all of the, all of the stories are from Rebecca Vardy. I think that there, there were, there were a number of people who were, who were getting some pay somewhere to leak these stories to the press and Rebecca Vardy was definitely one of them. And that's what comes out of this judgment, you know, via her, via her agent. They were, they had a very good relationship with the son and they were, they were clearly involved in leaking these stories to, to the press, but I don't think they were the only people. I think there, you know, it, it's, it strikes me that the other, that some of these stories would have come about in a different way. And it is kind of the game that they play. It's how it's, you know, certainly for Rebecca Vardy, it comes through very clearly that, she, you know, it's, it's part of the kind of self-promotion and the, the brand that they're creating is by being in the press and by, by being relevant, by having stories put out. And you can see the way that Rebecca Vardy texts her agent when, you know, Colleen Rooney puts up a post that's, you know, says something like, I put on weight recently. Rebecca Vardy's like, oh, she wants someone to put that in the press. She, she genuinely thinks that this is something that she's using her 
you know, that, that Colleen Rooney is using her private Instagram as a vehicle to get stories into the press about herself. That's that's how Rebecca Vardy sees the, you know, the the way to stay in the press. And that, so she, I think she's just caught completely by surprise when this message comes out that says, you know, someone's been leaking bad stories about me and it's you. And she's like, hang on, that's not how the game's played. You know, we all leak the stories about each other. We all stay relevant because of those stories being leaked about each other. You don't just go and, you know, point the finger at one person for doing it. That's, that's, that's not, that's outside the rules of the game. I need to take you down for that. Yeah, but so, as we know, to, to say everyone else is doing it, right? And, exactly. and you can just see, you're so right, because you can just see that, okay, uh, Rebecca Vardy, Miss Watt, and the chap over at The Sun, and a couple of others, I think there, had Mr. Boyle, I think it was, had a great relationship. Uh, and this was actually a relevant, factual piece of evidence that, that ran through the whole judgment. They had developed a relationship over many years. It started with some happy snaps to begin with when Vardy as in the, the football was just getting on the scene. She was off to do celebrity, get me out of here or something like that. And you could see her, her platform, her brand was just starting to develop. And she signs up with the PR agency where she meets Ms. Watt. And so Ms. Watt being her agent then starts getting in front of papers and they develop a relationship with the son. And that then runs through over multiple years um, and ends up being the conduit for, you know, these leaks and for, you know, for Rebecca Vardy to, uh, and the agent to curry favor with the son and, you know, whether they're getting paid or not, the, the judgment doesn't really go into that. Or it's just building up that relationship so that Vardy then gets more exposure when she wants it. But what's happening is there is a, almost like a, you know, an informant customer client type relationship developing between newspaper and celebrity. And this would be going on with all of them. So, okay, let's just say Mr. Boyle at the sun has the relationship with what and with Vardy for this type of information. There could well be someone else. I'm sure there is another journo at the sun who's, you know, friends with a different wag and you know, the, the, the other rag down the road has contacts and relationships with another wag. And this is what, this is the game. This is what's happening. And I think you're totally right. That must, that must be clouding the, the, the drive to continue on and end up in a, in a situation where she's now ha facing this type of negative press in a judgment. Mm. And, and what it ends up being is that, you know, the, the judgment very quickly was well, very clear on the law and essentially the parties are agreed on the law yeah. from, from the get go. But what this is then basically from a, from a legal interest perspective is a study of how, how to, how to get evidence wrong, or perhaps more positively, how to contest evidence against you. And one thing that's, that jumps out here is that there's no direct evidence in the 75 pages of judgment that Rebecca Vardy herself ever shared anything directly with the son. And she's, she's lost the def defamation case because it's been found that it's true that she did share information with the son. And that's quite interesting in itself. It's not, you know, it's, it's not quite the slam dunk on the evidence that you might think when you read the judgment. True, but it's an accumulation, right? Is is an exactly. overwhelming accumulation of evidence. And there's, let, let's, let's get into that in a, in a moment. I, I'm, I'm really interested to unpack the, how the evidence has played out against her here from 
a litigation strategy perspective, because I'm sure you're the same, but I, I was, I was reading this and thinking you can actually take away a lot from this case in terms of how to develop a legal strategy, a case strategy, um, you know, how to be on top of the evidence and what's going to come out, how, how the Rooney side, the ledger built up their case in such a compelling way with sheer amount of a number of witnesses, you know, the, the way that they presented the evidence, it, it's just a host of things to talk about, but that, yeah. there were actually a lot of takeaways that I thought, well, you know what, in a, a completely different field, different area of law, um, but still heavy litigation. Uh, you can take a lot away from this case, but before we get into yeah, that, Cal, totally why, why don't we just, you know, for the sake of good order, explain the two defenses, um, under the defamation act of 2013, the truth defense and the, the public interest defense. Yeah. So, so the, the truth defense is, is, is really, it's really, it's really what it sounds like. You, you're, you're saying that the allegation you've made, this otherwise defamatory is substantially true. So the substance of the allegation is truthful and that's, that provides a defense to uh, a claim against you. Yeah. And it's, it, it, I like this phrase that it, it's for the defendant to establish the essential or substantial truth of the sting of the libel to prove the truth of some lesser defamatory meaning does not provide a complete defense, but the yeah. court should also not be too literal in, in its approach. And proof of every detail is not required, you know, and, and it really is this concept of, of the sting of the publication. Yeah. And the, I mean, the other point that I would just flag that, that you've mentioned there is, is that this is for the defendant to prove. Mm. So this, this again, we'll come back to this when we talk about the evidence and building an evidential case, but this is a, this is really good, really good lawyering from Colleen Rooney's team, because as I said before, there's no direct evidence that Vardy ever sent straight to the sun, any of the material. So you're immediately on the back foot. But despite that, they build an evidential case that not only prevents, you know, Rooney from saying that it's untrue, but actually demonstrates that it is true. They, 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 they pass their own, their, their yeah. own burden of, of proof, which is, which is really good, but it's important to know, you know, where the burden lies in any context and here. In defamation, if you're if you're if you're asserting a defence of truth, then the burden is is on the person trying to saying that the defamatory comment is true. Yep, yep, exactly. And the public interest defence, which admittedly didn't really feature all that greatly in in the judgment, and it it, it was part of it, but it was all about whether the whether the um, the statement was true or not, but the public interest defense, which was pleaded and dealt with it in, in the decision is also on a statutory basis. We're looking at section four of the defamation act. And that is again, for the defendant to defense, for the defendant to show two things that the statement complained of was, or formed part of a statement on a matter of public interest. And secondly, that the defendant reasonably believed that publishing the statement complained of was in the public interest. And it's that second limb, um, where, where Rooney actually couldn't get over, get over yep. the threshold. The first one, that it was sufficiently in the public interest that someone, you know, within this, this group of WAGs was leaking information about, you know, a very high profile person that was in the public interest. 
but what the judge ultimately found on, on the second layer about this defendant reasonably believing that the publishing the statement complained of was in the public interest. What the judge said there was, well, there's not a compelling reason for Rooney not to have put the allegation to Rebecca Vardy in the first instance to at least hear her, her response to that allegation before going public with it. And that, yeah. that failure to do so kind of meant that, um, on this second reasonable belief that fell through because it was, it, you have to believe that the publishing of the statement was also in the public interest. And so anyway, that, that didn't feature, it didn't really matter in the end because Rooney got home on the first offense of truth, the truth defense. And that's really what we're talking about today. And, and she did so on, on the basis, uh, as we, as we've said, of some very, very good legal work from her, from her team. And um, mm. in particular, I mean, I, there, there are two strands to it. One is building their own evidential case and the other is completely tearing down the evidential case of Rebecca Vardy. And I thought there was some points that we can kind of take away that the judge mentioned specifically about why Vardy's evidential case was unreliable or inconsistent or, uh, you know, uh, unhelpful. And the first, the first of those is that, is that the witness evidence was inconsistent with documentary evidence. Yeah. I, it, it sounds self-evident, right? You know, obviously you don't want your evidential case to be, uh, your, your witness case, you know, witness statement case to be contrary to documentation. But this again, just goes to, you know, details, details, details. You need to read all the documents and find the inconsistencies. And they did a really good job of that. I mean, that to the point where Rebecca Vardy at one stage says that she's deleted key WhatsApp messages because she may have changed her phone around that time. And Colleen Rooney's team then look through the Instagram logins for Rebecca Vardy and say, well, if you were going to, if you changed your phone, then there would have been a new device that you logged in on, but there's no new device across this period logged into Instagram. So you're, you're on Instagram on, on your old phone. And then you're telling us that you've got a new phone. doesn't make sense. doesn't check out. And those kind of things just very quickly erode any confidence that the court has in a, in a witness. Mm. And look, we've talked about this before, um, you know, in our work together, Callum, and also on, on other cases, but the attention to detail in litigation is like probably, if not the most important, one of the most important, and it wins cases, detail wins cases without a doubt. And this case just bears that out. We, we can, you know, talk about all the all the, the emotion of it and the craziness of some of, of the whole situation in the industry, but in terms of lawyering and what has won the day here in this matter is an eye to detail and by methodically going through and looking at the witness evidence that's come out in various witness statements and ultimately you know, testing some of it uh, in cross-examination with uh, the, the, the contemporaneous documents that were disclosed and also as, as you were to there, the computer data, right. And, and looking at dates, looking at times, looking at when things were done, not just, you know, looking at what is said and asserted in a witness statement against contemporaneous evidence back in the time, but also looking at what have been the reactions and what have been some of the messages that have been sent during the proceedings that were not caught by privilege. And, you know, I, I thought that the whole episode of where there'd be 
an order to to disclose uh, certain WhatsApp messages. And then lo and behold, both Rebecca Vardy and her agent come up with some, you know, cock and bull type, you know, explanation as to why those, those messages have, have not been disclosed. And, and it wasn't that just explanations given by each of them were unbelievable. It was the timing. It was the combination of them and the timing. And so all yeah. these things, you kind of stack it up, you kind of stack up point on point on point to then bring home the bigger point about, you know, lack of credibility. And it's, it's, it's really well done. It is. And I th that there will have been some associates or even trainees who have just gone through reams of documents and found the key things, you know, who, who mm. really will have, will have made this case just by, by dedication to the, you know, to the pursuit of finding the few documents that are inconsistent in a mountain of documents that are probably, you know, pretty vanilla. Yeah. And I, look on this point, I'm, I'm not actually joking here because you and I have both many, many times said to our juniors, eye for detail, attention to detail, look at every little document that you can, every little point, then cross-reference it, see how it stacks up. You go through that, you're going to win your case. And I'm actually thinking that this is a great judgment to give a trainee to get this point across. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it really makes that point. And again, I, I go back to the same the same thing I've said, and it, it sounds silly, but but because it sounds silly because of how well the evidence has been laid out by mm. by Colleen Rooney's team. But none of it, at, at no point, is there a message going between Rebecca Vardy to the Sun saying, "Here's the here's the here's the um, you know here's this leak, here's the story that I want to sell." It never happens. And very early in these proceedings, so the 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 reveal post says, you know, it doesn't say it was Rebecca Vardy. It says it was Rebecca Vardy's account. And one of the early defenses from Colleen Rooney is, you know, I wasn't actually saying it was Rebecca Vardy. I was saying it was her account, not her personally. And the judge, one of the judges at an earlier stage in an earlier hearing or an early trial says, no, that's not, that's not how this would be interpreted by, an or, by a normal person. A normal person would say, you are pointing the finger at Rebecca Vardy. So the test is, did Rebecca Vardy leak these documents? And again, there's no evidence that she, you know, there's no, there's no smoking gun of this is you sending a message to the sun. Well, you say, but despite that, right, you, you say that and you're right to say that, but one of the, the really difficult issues for Vardy's side in this is the absence of certain messages. So, so what happened in the, on the disclosure side of things is that Rooney's side have requested and also certain messages and whatever to be disclosed in, in the proceedings as, as you would in any normal case. And they've focused in on some really key areas. One of them is the WhatsApp messages, which seems to be the way that everyone communicates these days. And they asked for, and, and even potentially before they were asked for, they were provided to, to Vardy's lawyers by Rebecca Vardy herself. And there's this whole explanation here about why a whole year of WhatsApp messages are missing and why media files in particular were not also, or were not also disclosed. And what the suspicion is or finding is here, and uh, in, in some other cases, instances, it has been sh um, proven or established that 
um, screenshots were being taken of Instagram stories, Instagram posts. And then, you know, as anyone who knows how these things work, you know, you just forward on the, the, the photo media file of that screenshot of the Instagram post. And what appears to have been happening is that Rebecca Vardy may have been taking screenshots and then sending to them to Miss Watt and then Miss Watt forwarding them on. And we don't know that. That's, you know, speculation because the media files were never disclosed in the proceedings. And the explanation for why the media files were not disclosed is pretty unconvincing. And it was not believed by the judge. There were a couple of computer technician experts that gave evidence on this. She talked about, you know, just downloading the WhatsApps onto a laptop and then in the process, and it seems like she did that with media files, but somehow in the process of then uploading them into the, the lawyer's system intralinks, the media files were lost. And then lo and behold, her whole phone collapsed and just her chats with um, her agent managed to disappear along with a few others, but not the whole WhatsApp, you know, the whole WhatsApp history, as well as then her laptop mysteriously st stopping to work and they didn't allow, or she didn't produce the laptop even in its um, broken state or not working state to the experts to forensically examine the laptop. And it was just like this excuse after excuse. And then the, the, the one that tops it off the most is the one from Miss Watt, because as we all know, WhatsApp's a two-way street. You know, there's, there's two places to look for the, the source of, or the copies of these messages. One's Rebecca Vardy's um, WhatsApp, but the other one is her agent, Watt's account. And... Uh, what happened to be on a boat and I, I don't have the exact section right in front of me at the moment, if you do, but the, uh, is this it? I'm trying to find it now. Anyway, it was this it's classic. I've got to hear. You've got to hear. Re is, read, read it. Yeah. Now. I just think this is, this is what I, you know, I found it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so read this it is, is what. It, it is the case that I accidentally dropped my phone while I was on a boat trip in August this year. This was a genuine accident, which happened during a family holiday to Scotland. I have a weakness in my hand, and I was on a boat trip with my family. I was standing up in chopper waters, holding my phone, and I dropped my phone when the boat hit a wave. This was an uninsured phone, and its loss was extremely inconvenient and expensive for me. It's classic. To which the judge got out the world's tiniest violin and said, no, I'd think that, that possibly your hand was stronger than you said, and possibly it threw the phone quite deliberately to the bottom of the North Sea. And it was just classic. And like, when I, even as I was reading, I'm like, surely no one has put this down. How is this believable in any way? Right. In the context. And, 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 also, what, and what did it, sorry, what you were going to say. Yeah, I, I was going to say, and also, I mean, another, another massive factor here is that Miss Watt, who is right in the middle of all this, she is basically the, the, uh, the conduit between Rebecca Vardy and the son. She, she doesn't give any evidence at the hearing. And she does, she, she says the whole thing's been very stressful for her. Her health is, her health has um, gone downhill, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, obviously don't, don't want to see anyone unwell or ill, but the, it was quite interesting. I thought the judge said, well, basically, well, maybe you're finding this so stressful because you've not been telling the truth. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. So she, she <laughs> it just comes out with it. Yeah. Um, so, so, so Miss Watt in her absence, one, she hasn't been, hasn't turned up to defend what she said. Two, she's basically been found to be, you know, n not truthful, let's just say. And the, the lack of 
evidence and giving any evidence has just undermined uh, Vardy's case. Yeah. So I think there, there we've got, you know, three of the, of the big four. One is, one is that, that, that the evidence that was given was inconsistent with documents that were available. Two is that there was a lot of evasiveness in the evidence when it was given, you know, evasive in giving evidence, but also evasive in, in handing over important documents. And three is that if you're going to be a key witness, you have to show up. That's, that's critical. And the, the last one that I thought was quite interesting that the judge mentioned is that none of the witnesses on Rebecca Vardy's side were willing to make any factual concessions. They yes. were, you know, they, they were too dogmatic in their insistence on their version of events. And even when things were being shown to, you know, to have weaknesses, they just were refusing to concede anything. And the judge found that that was, you know, I guess unrealistic or it, it, it weakened the way that they, they made their case. Yeah, but that was another point I wanted to make is that in terms of witnesses, the, the witnesses for the claimant for Rebecca Vardy were in short supply. It was really Vardy herself and Mr. Hamilton and Mr. Hamilton's short witness statement was pretty much unchallenged. So you had Vardy on one side and then you had, and she had an expert as well, but then you had witnesses on the other side. You had Miss Rooney, Miss Monk, Robertson, McLaughlin, Ro Claire Rooney, Wayne, Wayne Rooney, Mr. Rooney himself, uh, Mr. Rooney's agent, Stratford, very well-known uh, football agent, and, you know, a, a big player and a couple of others. And, and, and you're right, you're right. The, the, the judge made a, a, a specific point of noting how honest and reliable Miss Rooney was. How all the other witnesses that gave evidence were. There was one I think that was kind of irrelevant in a way. I think she found that the the, the witness that, that she couldn't draw the, the kind of inferences from the witness that was sought to be made. And this was an independent who overheard a conversation and what have you. But that was kind of a, a sideline point. But the, the overall point was that, and what, what I thought from a you know takeaways for practitioners type point is, is that you know having and a, a good number of witnesses and, and also proving out points that are ancillary to the main case, but build up the overall probability of your case. And so what I mean by that was like, there were some, some other instances that talked about here where, you know, that the weren't necessarily articles that were leaked, but had to do with other situations where Vardy's account that she gave just wasn't believable, but that on the Rooney side, they had, you know, people corroborating certain facts and events that happened where they didn't really have, you know, a, a personal interest in the, the evidence that they give, they were giving be true. And it was also corroborated by contemporaneous messages as well. So it was like this you know, this jigsaw puzzle or this building of a house where you kind of put brick in, brick in here, brick in here, and then eventually you stand back and you look at this beautiful house that you've built. Exactly. And, and at the same time, you've, you've just torn down the house next door, yeah. which was built on sand. The, the one other thing on the evidence that I thought was interesting is that they, it seems, it seems as though there's a protection in law against journalists having to divulge their sources. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca Vardy's team had got waivers from all of the named journalists who published these stories to say that they, that, that they would waive that right to, 
to not divulge who, who gave them, you know, who, who, who sent them the leaks. They, 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 they would be in, t- they, they would, they would waive the protection over revealing their sources for, for the purposes of this trial. And that, again, this kind of goes to the settlement point that, that to me is building momentum for a settlement because they must have known that when it came to the crunch, those witnesses would not be able to stand up and give evidence about who, who their sources were without completely incriminating Rebecca Vardy. But they go through this kind of process to present, it seems at least, to present to the, to Colleen Rooney, look, all of these, all of these people are going to give evidence against you. And, you know, to show Colleen Rooney, we've got this slam dunk case against you because you're saying that all of these stories were leaked by me, but we've got all of these journalists who are going to line up and give evidence against you. But then one by one, the journalists just don't give evidence because obviously they can't. So this is another point that I thought was odd. You, you know, you're, you're presenting this picture of we've got a really strong case, but you know that you that the case is not that strong. The, the only reason for that is to is to push yourself into a position where you where you have, you know, you, you've got better leverage in settlement discussions. But then, not to settle it and to go all the way, it's like it's like a, it's like you've got a you know you you're you're bluffing on a poker hand, and someone someone kind of calls your bluff and you just go all in anyway. Well, yes, you do wonder, I was thinking about this though, you do wonder whether there was a tipping point in the case where Rooney wanted to see it through and wouldn't settle. I, uh, I think that's probably right. And, and, and but, Vardy was coming at it at some point where she, there wasn't a settlement to be had. Rooney wanted to have this particularly as it started to play out, because it, it, it looks like there were all sorts of holes. And, and you know, we, say, <laughs> had we been in, in, in this position, we would have been going, how do we get out of this, right? And yeah, exactly. um, Vardy would have, her lawyers would have been having to think, well, we're going to have to discontinue this and pay the other side's cost to get out of it if we can't engineer a settlement. And as... The Rooney side were feeling more bullish about it, putting on more witnesses, you know, probably whacking the costs as well, like really making sure this is defended as robustly, as expensively as possible. The pressure's just I building, hope that the, we, the pressure's building on the other side, right? Yeah. And I, I hope we see a cost award on this because then we'll find out whether offers have been made. And apparently, according to, you know, just, just the press. Colleen Rooney's side did make quite sizable settlement offers to get rid of this whole thing fairly early on. But as you say, those, you know, they don't necessarily stay on the table forever. People, no. people sometimes say, actually, actually looking at this evidence, the more I look at it, the less I feel like settling. And it, yeah, it, it, it felt, I guess, what, I guess what I'm trying to convey is it felt like with those waivers of the protection over their source for these journalists who, you know, ultimately would never appear at trial because they would only say something unhelpful. Rebecca Vardy is playing a hand. And it's just been massively overplayed to the point yeah. where, you know, when yeah, it was on I, the I table. See that. I see that point. I, I see that. What about, did, what did you make of, I don't know whether you, you got, you, you focus on this at all, but there was, talk, talking about the waivers, there was something that was held against the Boyle waiver or the two separate ones where at one point he gave a, you know, neither confirm nor deny or, there was something around, I have to pull it up again, where he basically gave it a response in respect of both Vardy and Watt, which allowed him to, it, 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 that's right. It, it, he was able to say neither confirm nor deny. He was asked about 
both of them when Watt was still going to be a witness. And then when Watt dropped out and he was just asked about Vardy, he then denied it. And have I got that right? Yeah, I think that's right. That's right. And so, but it was like this, it was this distinction and it was a, it's a kind of a change in a response. And the judge picked up on that and, and said, well, that could, you know, that, that looks to me like it means that he didn't get it directly from Vardy, but he got it from Watt. And when Watt was there, he couldn't come out and just say, you know, deny, but he could when it was, when it was Vardy and what that demonstrated you know, perversely is that he probably got the information from what, you know, but that, that wasn't good yeah. enough for Vardy, you know, it wasn't good enough for her to say, as I think she kind of was under this misconception that her hands are up in the air. I, I didn't give anything to, to the son. It was the agent who did it. Yeah. And, but then what you see, and this is again, another, another way that the, that the case was built very well on Colleen, Colleen Rooney's side is that what you see over time is that there's this constant dialogue between Watt and Vardy and there is clear knowledge from Vardy's side that, that Watt has access to, you know, these, these screenshots and they're talking all the time about whether they should leak certain things or not leak certain things. And this is, this is where, where you're absolutely right to say that the ancillary evidence is, is really helpful to, is, is really helpful to, to building up the overall picture. Because they said, well, look at all these other occasions where Vardy and Watt are, you know, the two of them are discussing in, in real detail whether or not to leak something. You know, clearly where we're missing messages about certain stories going out, we can just assume that they're doing the same thing here. We can, you know, we can easily assume that the, that the two of them are talking about whether or not to release something or to leak certain stories or, you know, to, to, um, to, send, to send certain things to the press. Um, it was yeah. interesting. When you think about some of these topics that are, or instances that are dealt with by the judge from a relevance perspective, it's a bit, it's a bit of a stretch to see how some of these are relevant, except the judge does set them out, goes through in detail, sets out the messages and the mess, like they've got full streams of WhatsApp messages in this judgment. As I say, go and read it if you're interested. I can't believe how long we've been talking about this case. I was going to say, we need to wrap this one up. But, but, um, but go, go, go and read crazy. the WhatsApp messages. But what the judge has done, though, is set up these, these other kind of more relevant instances or, or you know, issues that they're, they're dealing with, and as you say, about leaking this and that, or gossiping between each other, is to demonstrate the relationship that Rebecca Vardy has with her agent and how they are dealing with each other over a long period of time on leaking, on the industry, on, you know, talking about other people to then again, build up this case of, well, it's likely that that's what they were doing in, in the Rudy situation. Exactly. And, it, and ultimately you're always going to be on the back foot to say that, that evidence is irrelevant when it's going to prove a point that would have been proven by documents that have been deleted. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, this is comfortably a longest podcast. Yeah, was, I don't know what that says that about crap. us. Um, I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking that we have, we have gone on on this one, but there's we, just so much we, to it. We really, um, so if you've, if you've stuck with us, well done. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed us, you know, rattling on about, about this decision. Um, I remember actually some of these issues at the time because I, they talk about the Euros, they talk about the World Cup, 
And at the time, um, there's all, there was a, these constant criticisms about the English football team being distracted by events off the pitch. Mm. And this judgment, it just shows why, like this going on, can you imagine going back home, you know, talking to the missus about this kind of stuff and it's just, you can see why these players could be so just distracted and i think it was it was it capello who banned the wags there was a a big story i think it was 2006 he just said no they're not coming and you and at the time you think that's crazy how how are people going to go away for you know a month and a half without their nearest and dearest Mm. and then you read this judgment and you go actually it's a massive sideshow yeah and it's probably not the same for other yeah i mean maybe it is maybe it's the same for other other countries have have the same press but i don't know if there's quite the same industry of you know of, of the wags in other in other countries but you can't you can't help but think that you know it's like the Beckham example, right? They're, they're they're the they're the ones that did it with great success, and they have now carried it through their whole career and made being a celebrity a full time profession. And that's what they and, and you can see that you know some of these wags and footballers coming through perhaps look up to that kind of model as this is how it's done, and you know we yeah. we need the brand, we need the publicity. We need to be on celebrity. Get me out of here. We need the makeup line, whatever. Right. Anyway, maybe, they, maybe it's time now for the for the boyfriends and husbands of the <laughs> of the England women's team, seeing as they're stealing a march on the you know how to win a tournament. You know what's funny is I you know talking about me and my football, but I couldn't help. And this is nothing to do with reading this case. But earlier today, I noticed that Vardy is is potentially you know in the running for a, a move to. Uh, Manchester United, which of course is where Wayne Rooney played most of mm. his football. So it would be quite funny uh, after this judgment if um, if the Vardys end up in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, it's a cl- it's a small world, isn't it? At the top. Yeah. All right, Callum. Well done. Good stuff. I I enjoyed that. That was a bit of fun. And yeah, thank you for for those that have, have stuck with it. And until next time, take care. Cheers, everybody. Bye.